Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horror, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on July 10th, 2016, on the basis of Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. It was three years ago this weekend that Good News Lutheran Church held its first public worship service, July 14th, 2013. Raise your hand if you were there. And I have to put my hand down. I wasn't there. It's okay if some of you don't remember. Some of you were pretty young at the time. I I brought a picture along from that first service. Now I show that picture and I ask that question today, not only so that we can begin to appreciate a little bit the way that our group, the size and the makeup of our group has changed in the last 36 months, but, but it also gives me an opportunity to ask this question, especially to those of you who were there at that first service. Has the newness worn off? In fact, I, I suppose I could ask all of us that question at whatever point, and from whatever point you became part of Good News Lutheran Church, has the newness begun to wear off? You see, things that are new carry with them a certain amount of excitement and enthusiasm, don't they? The energy and motivation that is needed to get a job done sort of produces itself when something is new. But what about three years later? After another leadership team meeting, or after another choir practice, or after another Sunday school lesson prepared and taught, or after another set of toilets cleaned when it's your turn in the rotation. I think even after three years, it's sort of natural to assume that maybe some of that energy, maybe some of that enthusiasm with which that church started and with which the rest of you became a part of this church slowly begins to wear off. And it's for that reason that I'm just thrilled and excited about the Word of God that's in front of us today. Because the words that we are looking at today are words that Jesus spoke as he was about to send out his disciples on their very first mission trip to do the very same job that Jesus has given to us. And with these words, Jesus gives his disciples a great deal of enthusiasm and energy and excitement about the work that they are going to do. And I pray that his words do the very same for us. In fact, I I couldn't even have planned this if I had wanted to, but in these words, Jesus teaches us about our mission using a number of different objects. And several of those objects are actually made out of the material that is traditionally associated with gifts given on a third anniversary. Do Do you know what that material it is? Are you familiar with this whole concept? So year number one is, does anybody know? Paper. Year number one is paper. Year number two is cotton, and your number three is leather. So lessons about our mission that are all made out of leather, that's what we're getting from the word of God that's in front of us today. So Jesus sends out his disciples and he says this, take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belt, wear sandals but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. So did you catch the mention Jesus made of leather? He sends out his disciples. He says, don't take any extra food. 
Don't take any extra clothes. Don't take a bag. That would have been made out of leather. We'd probably say, don't take any luggage along with you. He says, don't take any money in your belt, also made out of leather. We'd say, don't take a wallet, no cash, no credit card, nothing. The disciples were simply to go to a town to preach and teach the word of God and then just expect that one family or a group of families would share with them, would give them food and clean clothes and a place to sleep at night. Now, we might think that that's not at all how it works anymore as a group of Christians tries to carry out the mission that Jesus has given us, and yet it's really not as different as you might think. In order to carry out the work that Jesus has given us, part of what we do as a church is we, we pool our resources together, don't we? We share. We give. In order to carry out the work that Jesus has given us, Jesus requires generosity from God's people. We do that so that we can have this place where we gather each and every Sunday to hear God's word. We do that so that there can be a person who is trained and prepared to preach God's word. We do that so that we can have a place where our children can come and learn about the one true God and learn about how much God loves them and what he has done to save them. We do that so that we can take the very same word of God that we hear in here and go proclaim it out there. The mission that Jesus has given us as a church still requires generous giving from God's people. So agree or disagree, by being part of a church, you lose out. By being part of a church, you have less than you would otherwise. There are less vacations that you can take and less toys that you can buy. By being part of a church, you have less than you would otherwise. Boy, if there's a lie that the devil would love for us to believe, that's got to be right near the top of his list. That when we give offerings to support the mission Jesus gave us as a church, that somehow we are losing in that. Because the devil knows that if we think we are losing, we will naturally want to lose less, right? Which means that we will give less. Which means that Jesus' mission will be carried out by Jesus' church less. Which means that the devil smiles. You see, the devil knew full well the very lesson that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples in these words. And it's not simply that the mission that Jesus gives us requires for us to generously give. It's that the work that we are doing is so infinitely significant, so infinitely important, that it's that very mission that produces in us the generosity that that mission requires. If you were here last week, you might remember that I shared with you a quotation from Christian author C.S. Lewis. And I, I like this quotation so much that I wanted to share part of it again. Lewis says, It is a serious thing to live in a society of immortals, to remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person you ever meet will either one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship it. Or a creature which, if you saw it now, would give you nightmares. All 
day long, in some degree, we are helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. Friends, that's the mission that Jesus has given us. That's the work that you are and I are caught up in. Whether we're giving our time or giving our talent or giving our money here at church, there is no way on earth that we are losing in that equation. We are gaining. We are investing in eternity. We are investing in the eternity of our children, the eternity of our spouses, the eternity of our neighbors and our community. Imagine that there was some sort of investment opportunity where you could, you could put in your money and you would be guaranteed to get double back. How would you respond to that investment opportunity? Would you sort of begrudgingly at the end of the month just kind of put in whatever happens to be left over and then even after doing that sort of just grumble and complain that now you can't go spend $10 on a movie ticket anymore because you, because you gave that money? Just the opposite, right? You would be so excited to contribute to that investment opportunity. You would be so excited that you would probably spend as much as you could without ending up homeless yourself, right? Friends, the work that Jesus has given us to do is literally infinitely more important. It has eternal impact. And that's the wonderful news that Jesus wants to hold before us about our mission. By mentioning all of this business about, about bags and luggage and, and belts and wallets, he wants us to remember that just like back then, and just like three years ago when we started, in the work that we do as a church, we are contributing to work that has eternal returns. But what if it doesn't? In other words, what if the work isn't met with the results that we would like to see? What if the church doesn't grow as fast as maybe we thought it would? Or what if the room isn't as full as what we would like it to be? What if we take God's word out there into the community and are met with resistance or even rejection? That's the second lesson Jesus wanted to teach his disciples and he said, if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Do you hear the mention Jesus made of, of leather again? He says, if you go to a place and preach the word of God and they only resist and reject that word of God, then take your sandals, which would have been made out of leather, take those sandals and pound them out. Shake the dust off those sandals as you leave that town. So agree or disagree. As we take the word of God out into our community, if we are met with resistance and rejection, then it means those people are our enemies. And we should respond with anger and vindictiveness and spite. What exactly does Jesus mean by this whole business of shaking the dust off your feet? Well, make no mistake, when Jesus sends us out on our mission. He very much wants us to know that we are going to war. But he wants us to know exactly who the enemy is. In fact, maybe you notice that when Jesus sent out his disciples, he gave them the authority to drive out impure spirits. That's who the enemy 
really is. In fact, in another place, in a similar situation, as Jesus was sending out his disciples, he said that he was figuratively giving them the authority to trample on those evil spirits. And so we've got two different activities that Jesus describes, both of them being carried out with sandals. When it comes to the real enemy, the devil and his evil angel armies, God wants us to see them as the enemy and gives us the authority to trample on them. When it comes to people who may resist or reject the message that we preach, Jesus says, use those very same sandals, not to trample on them, but as testimony against them. As one final loving warning that they remain outside the kingdom of God because they have not listened and believed the message. To say, we came to your city to preach and teach the word of God. You have resisted it or rejected it. And so even the dust that we've accumulated on our feet as we've done that, we're going to shake off to let you know that there is a distance, there is a separation between us. You remain outside the kingdom of God. Friends, it's so easy in a world that is so polarized about every issue imaginable to kind of have this us versus them mentality. That if someone has no use for God or has no use for church or God's word, that they are the enemy. Jesus would want us to see the enemy for who he really is. Not the people who have been led astray, but the one who has led them astray. In fact, another great quotation I wanted to share with you by another Christian author named Timothy Keller, talking about preaching and teaching God's word in the world, he said, try to remember that you are at odds with a system of beliefs, with the lies of the devil, far more than you are at war with a group of people. Contemporary people are the victims of the late modern mind far more than they are its perpetrators. Seen in this light, the Christian gospel is more of a prison break than a battle. More, than a prison, more of a prison break than a battle. Just think if every time we had an interaction with someone who has no use for God or his word, we would have the mindset... I'm not trying to defeat you with the truth. I'm not trying to win a battle against you with the truth. I'm trying to set you free from the prison you are in with the truth. As we carry out the work that Jesus has given us to do, it is essential that we clearly identify the enemy and that we also see him as he truly is. Do you find it a bit amazing that Jesus gives us the authority to trample on those spiritual forces of evil? There's only one reason that is possible. And that's because Jesus has already, with his own feet, crushed the head of the devil forever. Think about that for a second. As human beings, we have this incurable inability to resist the lies of the devil. We think that we have every right to pursue whatever passions and pleasures our heart desires. We think we have the right to, to keep and to hang on to everything that is ours, every cent that is ours, every second that is ours, because after all, it's ours. We think that we can be cold and indifferent and careless with, with coming to hear the word of God or going out to preach the word of God. 
We've fallen for so many lies of the enemy. And what does our Savior Jesus do? He doesn't throw us a shield. He doesn't throw us a weapon. He doesn't say, here, this might help you fight better. He just wins the battle for us. He came to live up to the demands of God's holy law all by himself. He came to suffer and endure the penalty for all of our sin all by himself. He came to kick down the prison bars of death and hell with his resurrection from the dead all by himself. And he did that all just for you. That's what Jesus wants us to remember as we carry out the mission he's given us. That we are already on the winning side. That this battle is over and this battle has been won. Imagine for a second that you were given the job of going throughout the prison camps in Japan shortly after Japan had surrendered at the end of World War II. And your job was to announce to the people who had been captive there that the war was over, that the war had been won, and that they had been set free. What if those people decided not to listen? What if they didn't believe you? What if they wanted to stay right where they were? How would you respond? I mean, on the one hand, you would feel nothing but sorrow for those people that they wanted to remain in the prison even though they had been set free. And second of all, would that shake your confidence, your energy, your enthusiasm one bit? Would you suddenly think, well, maybe this isn't working? Maybe, maybe the battle really has been lost? No, of course not. And that's exactly the good news that Jesus has for us about our mission. That as we go and preach the word of God, just as was the case back then, just as was the case three years ago when we got started, when we preach the word of God, we are fighting a war against an enemy that has already been defeated. In fact, that's what I want you to think about as we enter year number four. Do you know the material associated with anniversary number four? So three is leather, four is linen. And so I wanted to share with you these words from Revelation chapter 19 that talk about the battle between the forces of good and the forces of evil, between God and Satan, and look for the linen. It says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Do you get the point? John pictures this, this mighty battle, this mighty army going out to fight the forces of evil. But there is only one whose robe is dipped in blood. There's only one who fights to win the battle, only one who gets wounded to win the war. That is the one whose name is Faithful and True, the Word of God, the Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, our Savior Jesus Christ. We follow on that very same mission and in that very same war, but our robes are white and clean. 
He has won the battle single-handedly. He has simply invited us to march with him in the victory parade. And may we have that thought and that image in our minds as we now do Christ's work in year number four. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.